Welcome to the Fearless Woman Podcast. I'm your host, Amanda Smith, and I'm so happy that you are here. Every episode, we talk about all things life, business, and being a woman in this crazy and beautiful world. I hope that you find something to take with you today and help you build a life that you love and that serves people. Hey friends, welcome to this episode of the Fearless Woman Podcast. This episode we have Kendra Swalls. She's the owner of Paisley Lane Photography here in the DFW Metroplex in Texas. And I personally worked with her um, just a little bit, but she's so fantastic and um, something that I just love to live by. And like as a mantra is from Jacqueline Johnson, CEO of Create and Cultivate. She says you can't copy heart. And I'm pretty sure like I've said that before too, you know, you cannot copy someone's heart. And so we're going to get into her story as a photographer, what that looks like. Um, she used to be in education too. So this is super exciting, um, as a, as an education person, myself, as a teacher to get into a conversation, um, and talk about running a business and working a full-time job. And on the top of that for her, she has kids. So I don't even have kids and we're all just trying to make it. So this is going to be so fun and she's going to give you so much great, not even just advice, but tips on running a business, especially if you are a solopreneur and you're doing it on your own. So here we go. All right, Kendra, welcome to the Fearless Woman podcast. Hi, thank you for having me. Yes. Okay. So tell us um, who you are. Kendra is a photographer, you guys, and she's fantastic at it. We um, worked on a styled photo shoot that I did back in October, which seems like forever ago. Um, And it was several months ago. Anyway, but um, tell us who you are and what you do. So my name is Kendra Swalls and I own Paisley Lane Photography. So I specialize primarily in weddings and um, what I like to call like women's portrait photography because that includes, I do high school seniors and I also love doing boudoir sessions. So anything that involves helping women feel beautiful and confident is what I focus on. I love it. So boudoir sessions, how did you get into that? Uh, it's actually a really fun story. So I um, was had started shooting weddings, and I had a bride that I was shooting her wedding call me about two months before her wedding. She was okay. I have this idea. I want to do like sexy photos to give to my future husband on our wedding day. Yeah. And I didn't know like I didn't know what boudoir was. I'd never heard right. the term before. But I was like, sure, I'll do it. Whatever, you know. So I went on Pinterest and I found some ideas and. Um, she and her best friend came over and we, I had fixed up my like guest room in my house and we turned on music and she did hair and makeup for her friend. And we just kind of had a good time. We took pictures and we spent like two hours just like experimenting with different pictures I'd seen online and outfits that she brought. And we just had the best time. It was just girls day. And then I sent her the pictures and, um, shot her wedding. I, I forgot to even ask her on her wedding day, like what her husband thought of them. And then about a month after the wedding, I get an email from her now husband and he emails me and I open it up thinking he's just like, it said, thank you. in the subject line. So I'm like, thanking me for the wedding photos over. 
but he went on for like three paragraphs about these boudoir photos and just how, what an amazing gift it was. And that, but what I got from the email wasn't so much that he loved them. It was him telling me, thank you for showing her how beautiful I think she is. So he was like, she looks at these photos and she looks at them almost as much as I do. And it reminds her that that's how I see her on a daily basis. Like that even when she's in her yoga pants, like I see her as the girl in those pictures. And so just hearing, like he didn't have to send me that email, you know, I don't even know that she ever even knew he did, but just the fact that he went out of his way to let me know how powerful those photos were for her. Mm-hmm. that was like, okay, this is what I want to do. <laughs> like I want to yeah. have that feeling. I want other women to have that same feeling that this girl had. Yeah. Um, and she and I are still friends this day and I've asked her about it and she's like, oh my gosh, it just like it, I, she goes, I left there feeling on such a high and she goes, and that carried on the confidence I felt leaving that session carried on into like day to day life. Yeah. So that's kind of my mission with my boudoir sessions. I know they kind of get a, a rap as being like, sexy, but I, and they, and they can be, and they are, but I also focus mostly on like, what's going to make you feel the most amazing version of yourself. Right. That's what I love about them. Yeah. That's awesome. I love it. Um, so tell us a little bit about your background. Have you always wanted to be a photographer? You have kids, right? And you're married now. And so kind of take us back in time a little bit. Sure. Um, so I, growing up, I was that kid that always had a camera. (laughs) All my friends used to make fun of me because I always had like a little disposable camera with me or then I eventually got like a point. Yep. (laughs) And, um, I was always making them pose for pictures when we go do things. And so, but it was never anything that was, you know, really a career. I just always thought it was something I enjoyed doing. And so I went to college and I started studying elementary education teaching was my second passion. Like I always, I was a kid too, that had like my stuffed animals lined up and I would teach them lessons after school. And, um, so I was like, okay, education's what I'm going to do. So I went to school, I got my um, bachelor's degree in education and I went to Dallas Baptist university. Okay. I did not know that. Yes. I loved it there. Yeah. I had tons of friends that went there. Yeah. It's a great, great school. And so I had to do these elective classes and one of them, um, I decided to take was a film photography class. It was at actually the community college, not far from there. Mm-hmm. And so I learned like all of sort of the technical side of photography and how to develop my own film in a dark room, which was really cool. And I just, I loved it. I loved all the assignments. Like, um, again, it was never anything I thought of was like, this is what I'm gonna do for a living, but it was something that I could get outside. I could get creative with, I could have fun with, um, it was, it was so different from what I was doing in my other classes for education that it was really exciting. So kind of, I did that for fun, sort of kept it as something I like to do on the side. So I went in, I got my master or my bachelor's in education, started teaching right away. I taught second grade and then third grade. Um, and then I would decide I wanted to go back and get my master's. So I got my master's in curriculum and instruction. And at this time I had, um, switched school districts. I had gone from teaching second and third grade to being like a math specialist um, because math was something I loved teaching. So I had sort of the analytical side and then the evenings I would go home and like play around with my camera for my creative side. Mm -hmm. And when I, while I was in my master's program, my husband and I found that we were pregnant. And so um, I was super excited and I was like, okay, I'm going to get my school done. I'm going to, 
I'm on this path. I knew that I loved teaching, but I also knew the classroom wasn't for me. Like I just, I didn't feel like that's where my path was meant to go. Mm -hmm. So I was like, okay, well I'll get my master's and maybe I'll go into curriculum coordinator. That was my next plan. I was like, Mm -hmm. I want to design curriculum for schools. So around this time, my husband also bought me a DSLR camera for Christmas because um, he knew I was getting more into like having fun taking pictures and with us having a baby on the way, I was going to want to take more pictures of her. And so he bought me that for Christmas. And um, when my daughter, my first daughter, Brindley came along, I was like, okay, I never thought I would ever want to be a stay at home mom. Like that was something that I just, I never felt like that was what I wanted to do. Sure. Um, but once I had her, like I was, everything changed. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I was like, okay, I, I love teaching. I love being around these people, but I want something different. So I started doing pictures on the side just for family and friends. And um, it kind of, it grew from there. It turned into the business, Paisley Photography. Um, I actually originally started it with my best friend and then we realized we had very different things that we loved to photograph. So she loved babies and I loved adults that would follow directions. And so we decided to do two different um, separate businesses. And so I kind of took it over on my own and for the next several years, it just grew slowly. Like I would shoot on the weekends and uh, in the evenings I would market here and there. Um, And then I, I guess it was about four years ago. I said, okay, this is really what I want to do full time. Um, I enjoy teaching. I'm starting to love it less and less. I found myself spending more time planning photo shoots than I was planning lesson plans. And so I was like, I need to make a change. So my husband was encouraging. He was like, okay, as long as you can, you know, kind of match what you were making as a teacher, I'm good with that. So I started working and building up on the marketing side and I really dove into learning about business and about marketing and um, social media and SEO and all those things. And that's where like the analytical side kicked in. I was like, I love this. This is so fun. Like it's so fun to find ways to like market your business and get new clients and, you know, make all these puzzle pieces come together. And not a lot of entrepreneurs who are so creative have that analytical side too, that enjoy putting all those puzzle pieces together. (laughs) Exactly. Kudos to you. (laughs) Well, and I think that's one of those things that I've always enjoyed the analytical side and the create, that part comes easy to me. I feel like the creative side, I had to work at a little bit more. And I think that's one of the reasons my business grew a little slower not only because I was working full time, but also because I, you know, I had the eye for taking the photos. I just had to really work at being creative and going outside the box and coming up with ideas and things that weren't copying somebody else or whatever. Whereas the business side of it, it all made more sense to me. And I I don't know, it just fell into place a lot faster. And so by the time we had our second daughter, Sadie, um, who is almost three, I was like, okay, I am giving myself one more year because I loved the school I was at. I loved the people I worked with. I loved the job I had. Um, I was working for a small school, school district. I was designing their math curriculum. I was kind of a math specialist and a curriculum coordinator all in one. Wow. And it was really kind of what I had envisioned my dream job being, only I wasn't loving it. Um, super happy, yeah. Yeah, I just felt like there was something 
pulling me in a different direction. So um, two years ago, I walked into my principal's office and as soon as I walked in, she, I had a piece of paper in and she looked at me and she goes, you're doing this, aren't you? And I just started bawling. I was like, yep. yes. And it was such a bittersweet moment. I was so, like, I almost want to cry now. Um, oh Lord. Yeah. <laughs> it was, it was exciting. It was scary. Yeah. It was sad because now I had to tell all these people that I love working with every day that I was I leaving. Know. Yeah. Well, and, and as a woman and we're all women or most of us are women mm -hmm. in, in the education world and yes. we're all very emotional. Oh yeah. <laughs> well, and I think too, a lot of times people don't understand that when you say you're leaving to run a business, they see it as you're leaving to be a stay at home mom. Like, nope. and that was one of my goals was, yes, I wanted to be home with my girls more and yeah. my youngest one was starting school and I wanted, I mean, my oldest one was starting school sure. and I wanted to be able to be involved and yeah. but, with my little one, but I'm running a business too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it was a little frustrating because people would be like, Oh, you're, you're finally going to get to stay home. And I was like, well, no, I'm running my business from home, but I'm, I'm working from home. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So if that's been, a, you know, it was kind of one of those things I just had yeah. to let it go and let people think what they want to think and know that I was yeah. doing the right thing for my business and my family. Yeah. So yeah, I'm going on two years of being full-time photography now. That's awesome. So in the process I'm thinking timeline. Okay. So it has been how many years since you started your photography business? Not full time, but you know. It will be seven years this April. So for those people who are listening, who are like, I have this business, you know, but I'm still working my full time job. It was not this one year process of you built up your clientele, you did the research, you did whatever, and then you quit your job. No, not at all. Yeah. Um, my first year of business, I think I had two clients and I think they were both people I knew. So it was, it's definitely a slow growth, uh, slow build, slow build. And there were times I got frustrated with that, but looking back, I see that had it grown super fast, mm -hmm. I don't think I would have appreciated the, what goes into building a business that you are proud of. You know, yeah. I, my, one of my goals was I don't want to, you know, take out a bunch of loans or go into debt. And, oh, yeah. you know, I, I wanted to build a community around my brand that yeah. of women who understood my, my business, you know, the brand, the message I was trying to get out there. And so that takes time. And then of course, at the same time, like you, when you don't have 40 hours a week to devote to your business, it's hard. It's so hard. That was yeah. one of the things I struggled with and I had so many conversations with my husband about when I was considering quitting my teaching job was, you know, he kept saying, well, you just need to get your business to where it matches what you're doing at school. And I said, well, I can't do that. Or it's hard to do the time. That. Right. When you only have so many hours in a day and yep. most of them are spent at your nine to five job. And then you yep. come home to kids and a husband and house responsibilities. And then you're staying up late to this other stuff. It's just mm -hmm. something, you know, it can't, the scales are tipping one way or the other and you right. have to decide which one you want to put your most, most of your weight on. Yeah. So when you quit, were you like, had you matched that income or were you close enough and you were just like, it's just time. Um, <laughs> or no. just be honest. You were just like, nope, <laughs> no, okay. I, you know, I had an idea in my head. I was like, okay, I'm going to have six months saved up and I'm going to be to where I'm matching my income. And all the smart people will tell you to do that. But I also knew 
for me, it was kind of like the idea of having kids. If I had all my ducks in a row, if I waited till that, yeah. till then, it would never yeah. happen. Yeah. So yeah. I, I just, you know, I think it was, it's, I'd say it's a God thing. Like I just, you yeah. have that gut feeling and we had gotten our, our papers back saying, you know, sign your contract for the next year. And I remember like going to my room and crying and I was like, I can't Jesus. sign this. Yeah. Like there's just, I, I don't see myself here next year. And there's yeah. been a handful of times in my life that I have had that such a strong feeling in my, in my soul that was like, you need to, to go in a different direction. Yeah. And so I said, okay, I know I don't have everything figured out. It was, this was April and of what April year of 2017. Okay. So yeah, two, almost, yeah, two years ago. And I was sitting in my office and I remember like, I called my husband. I was like, okay, we need to go get a babysitter. We need to go to dinner night and talk. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, I can't, I cannot go back to this. Like, I just, I yeah. know I don't have everything planned out, but we, I'll get a paycheck to the end of the summer and I will work my butt off. And I was like, if worse comes to worse, I'll go work at Starbucks if I have to, but I just, I need to try this. And he, he agreed and he was like, okay, I mean, if we'll give it a year and we'll see how it goes. And sure. You know, and I think too, once you make that jump mm-hmm. and you don't have the safety net anymore, because that, that was the big thing. It motivates thing. you. It does. I always kind of knew in the back of my mind, I was like, oh, okay, well, I don't have to push that hard on my business because I've got my teaching salary coming mm-hmm. in. And once that was taken away, I was like, okay, now I've really got to hit the ground running and I've got to make this work. So what am I going to do? Yeah. Okay. So I have so many questions because... Okay. Come the come April 2019 when I'm handed that for my current teaching role, mm-hmm. I feel like I might have that moment where I'm like, I can't freaking do this. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna fall in my room, and you know. So everybody listening, not everybody's married, not everybody has kids, you know. And so um, for someone who is like, I want to take the leap. You guys were financially stable enough to say, yes, let's, let's let you quit yes, so that you could pursue this. And then you had that wiggle room of whatever that looked like, you know, whether it was like a cushion of your savings or whatever that you could pursue this. And he said, let's give it a year. So not everybody has that, you know, or maybe, maybe they do, maybe they are, you know, a single woman and they have, you know, they know how to raise funds or whatever that looks like. So for you, everybody's story is different. I know a lot of people that did what you did and just took the leap and literally because it was a gut feeling, what a God thing, whatever you want to call it. Or I know a lot of people that were like, you know what? I put my head down. I worked really hard. I saved six months worth of, you know, income. And then I quit and I knew I have six months, you know? So what would your advice be? Because that's, and selfishly that I'm asking for myself because, you know, I'm, I have my hands and feet in so many different things and right. there's so much potential. There's a lot of room for scaling and growth. And I know that I know that I know that I'm meant to do some of these things. Right. Um, and some of those are still not, still not clear. Um, but I know I can make a full-time career out of having my own company doing X, Y, Z, you know, um, but for, for both of us, you know, we're in our mid twenties, late twenties, we have student loan debt, you know, 
the housing market's crazy. Like, you know, it seems like we're never going to get into a house and, and, you know, and so, um, with, with, you know, these two salaries, it's not like we both make six figures and it's like, of course, just quit, whatever, whatever makes you happy. You know, (laughs) um, there's definitely not that in place. Um, so I know there's a lot of people, not just me that are hungry for, for that. So give us, you know, what, what maybe dive in a little deeper to your thought process and those conversations. Well, you know, so I, I, I run a group of photographers in the Dallas fourth area on on Facebook. And so I have seen, I've seen like the whole gamut of what's that called. It's called DFW clicking moms. Awesome. Yeah. And, um, it's a great group of women and I, you know, there's a lot of women in there that are doing it just as a hobby on the side. There's a lot that are full-time photographers. There's a lot that are, um, their husbands make enough money that they don't, that's just for fun. Whatever they make is sure. vacation money. And then there's a lot like that were like me who are working nine to five jobs and desperate for that change. So mm-hmm. I've talked to a lot of them. And I've, I've kind of talked about like where they're at and that, you know, when I made the leap, they were all asking me like, how did you do it? What did you do? Yep. Of course. And you know, I think for me, a lot of times what I say to people when they ask me that question is yes, in a perfect world, I would have saved up. Um, you know, my husband made enough that we would be okay, but I still needed to make a certain amount each month for us Mm -hmm. to cover, you know, any credit card debt we had or extra spending for the girls or, um, if we wanted to do vacations or dinner that we would, if we would have had to like cut back majorly in our spending, if I had just stopped working completely. Yep. So one thing of course that was kind of, it's different with teaching too, is I did like, I, I put in my papers in April saying I was leaving, but with teaching, you still get a paycheck until August. Yeah. So that was kind of my like, cushion. yes, exactly. So that was my cushion. I was like, okay, I know that I have until September 1st. So I've got to work my butt off this summer and mm-hmm. really push, 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 push. And I made the decision to work with a mentor. So I started in April, I found a mentor and I worked with her and she helped me basically come up with a marketing plan for the whole next six months of, okay, this is what you're going to do in June, July, and August to get you some money saved up in that cushion. Mm -hmm. And then going forward, because you don't want to just market yourself for that three month period, because that three month period is going to end. And then you're left going, okay, well now what do I do? Mm-hmm. So she really taught me to look ahead far enough that I was able to constantly be, you know, be bringing in enough money that, you know, I was covering all the things I needed to cover and I had a little bit of cushion. So the mentor helps a ton. Um, and I think just the way of looking at things as opposed to looking at them as like, okay, well now I need to figure out what to do for the next month. And now I need right. to figure out what to do the next month. Yep. Looking, looking ahead helps. Um, is that someone you found online or in a local, like something and that you paid for, or did she just happen across you and was like, so I did pay for it. She is a, she's actually a well-known boudoir photographer out of uh, Wisconsin. And so, um, I had followed her online forever and admired her and kind of, you know, took in all the knowledge that she gave for free on the internet. And then she happened to open this mentoring program right around the time that I was looking for something. And I was like, okay, I'm going to invest in this. Yeah. Invest. I was just thinking that. Yes. Yeah. 
What and are you I think that's in? the scary part. Is, yeah. Cause you're like, I'm broke. And now, right. you know, this chick's asking me to pay how much, you know, but yeah. you're like, yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and it is, it's so scary because you don't know if you're going to get a return on that investment. But I think, you know, again, you and I both coming from an education standpoint, like you have to continually be learning. Like your business yeah. is not going to grow if you stop growing. Yeah. And yeah. so I've always had the mindset of, I want to learn everything I can. And yeah. I now look to, to people outside of the photography industry to see yeah. what are, what are they doing? Because yeah. obviously I can learn things from that. Sure. So I think investing in someone that can kind of guide you through the steps of what to do, who's been in your shoes, who has gone through that process, it can be a huge help. Um, there's going, and I think going in with the mindset, knowing that you're going to have to make some changes as far as your lifestyle. Like we, mm -hmm. you know, we had to cut back on how often we ate out and just thinking that, yeah, like, and I, when I was working full time, we had someone that would come clean our house every couple of weeks and I cut that out and, mm -hmm. um, just little things like that. Of course it helped too, that my oldest one was going from daycare to full-time kindergarten. School. And so yeah. we were kind of saving money. Yeah. We were recouping that amount. Mm -hmm. Um, but in my husband is the, you know, he's the pencil paper guy. So he, we, we sat down and we really looked at all the numbers and we looked at, okay, here's, if we're taking away your income, here's what we're left with. Here's what's going to cover here. You know, we, we broke it all down and we figured out like how much I needed to make each month to kind of fill in the gaps. And then anything beyond that, we decided to put into a savings account for those months that were slower because one of my goals with doing this was I said, I want to be able to, when my kids are off, like for Christmas or yeah. spring break, I want to be able to have that time off too. So I sure. want those two weeks at Christmas to not worry about, you know, editing and sending out galleries or invoices or contracts right. or whatever. Like, yeah. so I knew that December was going to be slow for me and January and February are typically slow because it's cold out and everybody spent all their money on Christmas. And so, yeah. you know, so you, we had to kind of plan for those months and yep. nothing is ever perfect. You're going to yep. have ups and downs and you just have to go in knowing that you have to, to be prepared for those slower times because it really is kind of feast or famine when it comes to running your own business. Right. Well, especially with something like photography or something, um, creatively service-based right. it's an influx you have you know october november is probably your highest peak season oh, yeah. for yeah. weddings couples christmas cards engagements yep. yada 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 um so yeah, yeah so, you've got like two highs you've got like a spring and then a fall and then everything in between is those those valleys that you have to plan for and that's hard it's hard yeah. to you know you have to be good at handling your money and you right. have to like I said, be willing to cut back on things. You know, if you're used to going to Starbucks every day and grabbing the coffee, you know, you may have to cut that out and be okay with that. At home. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. Which you know, I found I say that, that but <laughs> I'm a really when I was worried with me having the two kids, you know, of course one of them being in school, but with the other one being home, you know, I had always envisioned myself being the mom who like we go to the park and we go to museums and we go to the zoo and blah blah blah. And I had to realize that one, I couldn't be out spending money all the time. Cause that mm -hmm. meant if, you know, we live about 20 minutes from anything in the city. And so if we were going to go to the zoo, it was a half a day thing, which means we're probably going to eat lunch out. 
we're going to pay for the zoo stuff. She's going to want to, you know, an IC or whatever. And so those are the things that I had to go, okay, she's one um, or two, and she's not going to remember this. So we'll go occasionally, but it doesn't have to be all the time. Yep. You know, and I, when my girlfriends are like, Hey, you're like, especially the first six months, they're like, Oh my gosh, you're, you're not teaching. Let's go to, let's go to brunch or let's go to lunch or whatever. And I had to kind of say, well, how about we just go to your house and let the kids play and hang out, you know, instead of going out to lunch. So it's just things like that, that, and you get used to it and it it doesn't become anything. Yeah. Well, and I think living in the city, especially if if anybody lives, you know, in Dallas or in their main metropolitan area, that's such a thing. And it's such a culture. And I mean, we ate out growing up and, um, and there were definitely seasons where, you know, jobs changed and we would cut back and things like that. But, um, it's, you feel awkward in those moments where, when those friends are like, let's go, let's go out or let's go, whatever. It's like, no, I'm, I'm putting my money to my family and to grow my business. And not everybody's going to get that. No, you know, and not everybody's going to understand that vision. Yeah. And I found that relationships get a little bit harder sometimes when you're making that change. You know, we've got a couple of really good close friends of ours and both of them, the two couples, both the girls are very successful um, businesswomen, you know, and, and I think it was hard for them to understand what I was doing. Like to them, I think they really think that I just stay home all day and I don't do anything. And then, and it's hard too, because you get the comments, you know, occasionally from family and friends and you get sort of the, the little side remarks that you just have to sort of let go. You know, I've had family members say, Oh, you mean you can actually make money taking pictures and like, Oh, thank you. (laughs) Yeah. And a part of me wants to get really defensive. And a part of me says, you know what, I'm not gonna, those are the people that, that encourage me to work harder at what I do to show them what I'm capable of. Yeah. Well so, that, and it's also like, we've been listening to Gary V a lot. I love him, yeah. Oh my I gosh. It's so freaking intense. <laughs> but he, what I, I envision him being like, what are they building? Are, yeah. What are, are they, you know, they, they very well may be like building a legacy of a great company or something or right. something very valuable for their family or, you know, something they just are living a great life and they're very, you know, respected or whatever, but what are they doing? What do they have? Right. What, who are they to say that you, what you're doing is invalid or invaluable or stupid or crazy or whatever, you know, yeah. they haven't, you know, they have nothing to, to say and you're providing for your family with your art and the gifts that God's given you. Right. So well, and everyone has their, you. <laughs> yeah, well, and everyone has their own story. And I try to remind myself that because in the beginning, when I first went full-time in photography, I felt like I needed to defend myself and I needed to explain to people what it was I was doing. And then as the time's gone by, I'm like, you know what? It's fine. If they, they, I don't know their story and they don't know mine. You know, I know that while our struggles might be things like, yeah, we can't go on extravagant vacations every year. Well, the people who do go on these extravagant vacations, they're not home with their kids every day. They're, you know, I mean, we have Not friends who, who don't get home till eight o'clock at night and oh, their Lord. kids are in daycare all day, you know? And so it's, it's a trade-off and you have mm-hmm. to figure out and what's best for you and your business, and your family, but also what you're worth, what mountain you're, you want to die on. Do you really want to fight a fight with somebody 
who doesn't understand your business and what you're doing in your life? Or do you just kind right. of let it go? You know? And I've decided just to let it go. <laughs> yeah. It's so not worth it. Yeah. No. It's so not worth it. And uh, what, I don't know who I heard this from. It might've been a book I read or a podcast. I listened. I don't remember who it was, but someone said you, especially with social media, you look at someone else and their accomplishments or you see someone else in life and that's maybe doing something in your same industry or similar and you get down on yourself like, well, why am I not farther along like that? Why, you know, why is that? And you just have to stop and be like, that's her story. That's their story. That is not my story. So that can, and that really, for me, it helps me kind of turn it around and be like, you know what? I need to stop and applaud them and like cheer them on because Mm -hmm how incredible for them to be reaching so many people, how many, how incredible for them to be building a full-time, you know, income for themselves or, right. you know, start their own boutique. I don't know, whatever it is. Um, not that I want to start a boutique, but, um, <laughs> I definitely don't, but, um, yeah, it's been, that's been super helpful. And I think comparison is so hard. I mean, I struggled with that and I still struggle with it a lot and it's especially hard when, you know, like I do, I run this Facebook group of like 1200 women who yeah, are all yeah. in different phases. And I have to constantly remind myself, like I, where I am is I can't compare where I am to someone else because I don't know their journey to get there. No, know, you know, that could have been 15 years in the making. It could have been two years. Right. In the it doesn't matter either way, but and I think too, I have to remind myself a lot of times I've done this a lot recently. Like I'm I recently had some of my wedding photos that I took published in a local magazine. And that was one of my goals was to have my photos in print in a magazine. What magazine? Southern social. It's a bridal magazine. It's a new bridal magazine. Yes. It's their second um, edition. It's gorgeous. So, um, and I remember coming home and like at the time I went to the little party and I got the magazine, I saw my photos and it was so neat. And it, but it was one of those things where I was like, oh, well, that's great. I have one more thing to check off the list. And I had to remind myself like to stop and celebrate yeah. that accomplishment because yes. I have a habit of constantly looking on to the next thing and going, okay, well, yeah, that's great. But now I want to do what so-and-so over here is doing or, oh, I want to yeah, make sure I'm always chasing something. Yeah. And I think that that's just the nature of being an entrepreneur, but taking a moment to stop and celebrate and really look at your accomplishments you know, cause if you had told me two years ago that I would be published in a magazine, I would have been like, yeah, right, whatever. But, mm-hmm. but yeah. you know, and so in looking back at like where I started and how far I've come, it yeah. just, even if you're only like a year or two into your business, like looking back at where you started, just the growth you've, you've had can really encourage you. And it helps to keep you from looking at other people and going, Oh, I'm not doing enough. Well, right. you're doing enough for where you are right now. Yeah. And just, and also there's a, probably a lot of untold stuff that that person's probably, or possibly not putting out there. You may yeah. not know oh, that they've been trying to do this for 12 years, <laughs> you yeah. know, sorry, I cut or, you off. But. Well, no, or that they're struggling in some way, you know, that they, you know, oh, yeah. you know, I know a lot of people who look like they're doing these amazing things online. And then when you talk to them in person, they're like, oh yeah, well, we're also drowning in credit card debt or. Yeah. You know, we haven't had time to ourselves, just my husband and I in, in years or whatever it might be. Mm-hmm. And so I think that 
the comparison thing is just so hard. I think the only person you need to compare yourself to is who you were yesterday. You know, are you being better than you were yesterday, a week ago, a month ago, a year ago? Um, And that's, yeah, that's the focus I think it needs to be on as opposed to how am I comparing to other people that are on a different path than me. Right. And I think you do a really great job of, you know what, this is me and my brand. I'm going to lean into that because this has, you can, there's so many people to be served with that. You know, you, I can look at, you know, some other female entrepreneur and I've heard this a lot lately. You can't copy someone's passion and heart. And so, you know, you know what it feels like when someone tries to copy your passion and heart or purpose or whatever. Right. Yeah. You can't replicate that. You cannot. Um, and so that's one of the beautiful things about entrepreneurship is that no two businesses are the exact same. No, because everybody brings their own, you know, personality to it and their own touch to it. And you can have somebody that can create a studio that looks just like yours or that can replicate one of your photos, but it's not going to have the same feeling as it does when it's yours. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you said stop and celebrate several times. It made me think of the event that I did in October, stop and celebrate, which I think is really, you know, I think there's just value to that. And that's why I did it was we do need to take time and like give ourselves a pat on the back for a second because we are accomplishing great things, big or small, you know, lots of money or no money. And you know, and then it gives us an opportunity to cheer each other on as well. Well, the cheering on too. I mean, that's, I know for me, it's so hard for me to like, um, publicly cheer myself on, I guess it's hard for me. I feel weird saying like going into my Facebook group or posting on my page or even like talking to a friend, I feel weird patting myself on the back about yourself. Yeah. Yeah. And so I think that when you have friends around you who who know that about you and are like, okay, I, I accomplished something. I need some, I need some pats on the back. I need some celebration. I need some congratulations. And, you know, I feel like, again, going back to the Facebook group I have, you know, one of the things we've tried to do is if we see someone else has accomplished something, we try to say something for them. Yeah. I know how hard it is to say something for yourself. So if I see that a photographer has, you know, been published on a website or, had, um, some really amazing photo shoot. I try to make a point and the other admins in the group, we try to make a point to share that for them because we want people to celebrate their successes, even knowing that it's hard to do that for ourselves. Right. Because then yeah. we don't want to sound like we're bragging or we don't want to sound like that we're constantly, you know, saying, look at me look how great I am. Right. I think, so do you know anything about the Enneagram? A little bit? Yes. Okay. I haven't taken the test yet. I need to, because I don't know what number I am yet. Yeah. So I've been talking about this a lot on the show lately. So every episode, I'm probably going to bring it up the next (laughs) few weeks, but, um, I have, it's just a really great tool to learn about yourself because I'm not really great at, or I didn't used to be great at knowing why I am the way I am or why I do what I do or say what I say. And so, um, it's given me really good insight to, my traits, my strengths, and my weaknesses. And, um, I think, so I'm a seven, which is the like enthusiast and the optimistic enthusiast, or sometimes called the entertainer. And, um, and so I'm always doing stuff. I always have my hands and feet in a lot of things. 
um, I'm very passionate, very outgoing, very extroverted. Um, but I also get stuff done and I can be organized on the business level of things or I, I try to be. Um, and so, yeah, like one thing that I feel like as those people with that kind of personality, um, especially as an entrepreneur, you kind of have to be your own hype man. And that means kind of letting go of what anybody else is going to think on the level of sharing your own stuff, right? level of sharing what you are doing, your business, your company, your passions, whatever. And so um, I put something out there last week on social media and I, and just, just to kind of speak to that and say, you should be proud of what you're doing. You should be, if you are running a business or some kind of project, you should be talking about it. You should be wearing your own t-shirts. Okay. You should be, yeah. you know, carrying your own merchandise, you know, and you <laughs> should be so thrilled about it because yeah. you want other people to know because you believe in how powerful it is or how helpful or how other people have told you it's been beneficial, whatever it might be. Um, and yeah, I think there's a fine line between talking about yourself and, and really like being your own PR agent and marketing right. person or just constantly like bragging and name dropping and right. throwing out numbers and throwing out, you know, accomplishments and stuff for the right. sake of it, you know, for the sake of attention. Right. So, well, and I, I struggled a lot with that whole um, fear of what people were going to think about me. Yeah. And especially for the longest time when I was teaching, I didn't share a lot of my stuff online because I didn't know what my colleagues would think about it. And I, and I, mm-hmm. I would know people who were looking for photographers and I wouldn't say a whole lot, especially when I was in, in the school setting, because I felt weird crossing those lines. Yeah. And so it took me a little while when I quit to really hype myself up. Yeah. And I love Rachel Hollis and yeah. I, there's two of her quotes that really stand out. And one of them is, you know, of course, other people's opinions of you is none of your business, which I love. Yeah. And then the other one, and I'm probably not going to quote it perfectly correct, but it was something along the lines of nobody is going to care about your dream as much as you are. Yeah, I, I think about that all the time. Yeah. And I think that's, you know, we, so it's not going to make sense to them. <laughs> no, it's not. And I, and they're not going to, you know, we're looking for other people to kind of promote us sometimes. And then, and yes, we, we word of mouth promoting is good, but, nobody is going to care about your business the way you do. And so you have to be the one that goes out there and puts your name out there and talks about it. And I've had to really work on that because I don't, I don't like talking about myself and especially my business. It's weird. I can talk about myself all day long. I can't talk about my business all day long. It's weird. It's a strange balance for me, but I don't want to come across as salesy or sales pitchy, but at the same time, you know, I've had to push myself out of my comfort zone to get my name out there and, yeah. and it, usually it pays off and nobody feels like I'm sure. selling to them. I'm just sharing information. No. Yeah. And you yeah. are, you're offering a service to someone that is great and worth it. And if they don't think so, then like they're not your client. Exactly. Exactly. Um, I learned so much about that kind of thing about sharing and not being salesy or whatever, because I, st- I started as an entrepreneur, what kind of gave me the itch was starting with Rodana Fields skincare, oh, yeah. and, mm-hmm. and network marketing. And so many people have a bad perception. So many people have a bad taste in their mouth. A lot yeah. of people don't do it right. A lot of people. And you know, that was what got me 
to creating Dallas Girl Gang, to yeah. using my social media platform, to learning how to sell, learning how to, and do it effectively, and learning how to share and tell a story, right. learning how to uh, be a good business person and give someone a great customer experience. Um, and I learned so much through that. Um, and it, and I did it, I've done it for three and a half years and I still do. It's just not my primary focus anymore. Uh, but I used to be so embarrassed, you know, mm-hmm. in real life in front of, especially my colleagues at work as right. a teacher, yep. because it was either like, Oh, that's weird that you do that. Or I was in a place where everybody was doing it. Yes. And now I think with time, I'm much more confident if someone asks me about it or now people that I work with are that have maybe found me on Instagram or something. They are asking me like, so what's this girl gang or like, what's your podcast? I just found out you had a podcast because I don't, first of all, I'm in my room doing my thing most of the time because our schedules are so crazy. But, um, you know, people have started to be interested and then I'm so excited to be like, Oh my gosh, let me connect you and get you plugged into what I'm doing because I really think you're going to love it. Right. Um, so yeah, it's just, I think, you know, Jacqueline Johnson from create and cultivate. I just read her, her, her book work party. That was a mouthful uh-huh. to say for some reason. Um, <laughs> and she has said several times in the book, confidence begets confidence. So yes. like in repetition and practice begets confidence. Yes. So constantly being able to do that is probably what's going to help you. And that's one of the things that like, I, one of my goals for this year is I want to get on the phone with every client that contacts me. You know, I, I meet with my brides in person 90% of the time before they, you know, they book and that helps hugely. But with my other clients, a lot of times it's just email back and forth or text messages. And I know that the phone call helps. And so, but it's, it's so hard for me. I just, I don't, I don't enjoy it. I feel like I talk too fast and I rush through things and I'm awkward. And I was talking to a friend of mine the other day who she's a newborn photographer and she was like, okay, that's her goal too, is this year she wants to get on the phone with every client. She's like, you know, the more you do it, the easier it gets. And I know this and I know I just need to jump in and do it, but it is, it's scary, you know, trying to get out of your comfort zone and do something that is not natural to you. Yeah. It's true. The more you do it, the easier it will get. Yeah. I feel like I just have become the girl who, not the girl, but like, I mean, I'm 26 and a lot of people are just on their phone, like just texting or Instagram DMing or emailing. And so ever since I started Rodana Fields, like years back, um, I've just embraced the girl to call you, you know, I'm, I love hopping on the phone. I love saying, let's just get on a call. Let's just, Mm -hmm. let's just talk because number one, it wastes so much of my time. My time is so limited. Um, and you know, this, like as a full-time teacher, I don't have time to go back and forth with you over email. And then two months later, we finally have a plan in place. No, I need to get on the phone with you this week or next week. If this week is full, you know? Um, and yeah, it's weird. And it's awkward. I remember in Rodana Fields, we used to sometimes do um, like phone call, like challenges or whatever. And Uh like every call you made, uh, you put 
a dollar or a quarter in the bucket or something. And sometimes people would get together and do it together or we would do it as a team across like a month or something. And um, then at the end, whoever had the most calls made, then you got all the money. It was like oh, nice. a jackpot or whatever. Yeah. Um, and of course the phone calls were, you know, not bothering people. It was just, Hey, I know I've talked to you about this and I'd love to serve you. If it's not for you, it's totally fine. Um, if it is, let's get you started, you know, and again, if it's not, then let's, um, I'd love to see who you know that I could reach out to and talk to, or if you'd like to introduce them to me via email or via text or whatever. Um, and it's super simple. And the only person that's probably going to be awkward about it is the other person because they might not be used to getting on the phone with people with an agenda for, for like something like that. So yeah. Anyway, um, tell us where, what are you up to now? Your business is growing and thriving Mm -hmm. and you're doing so great. And like, you just are so talented. Um, oh, thank you. I know so many talented photographer friends now that we've been back in Dallas a couple of years. Tell us what's going on now. What can we um, go support, go look at, and be a part of? Um, so photography-wise, my business is doing great. I, you know, I've, I'm loving all of it. I feel like that what I'm focusing on this year, and I'm so excited about, is that I am combining my love for photography with my love of teaching and I am doing a lot more of teaching photography. So, and teaching business, not just photographers, but business in general. So while my photography business is pretty steady and it's, it's almost kind of running itself to some degree, I have all my systems in place and everything is the way I want it to go. And I feel really good with that spot. I'm now turning towards, okay, how can I take everything I've learned in these seven years of growing my business and help other people. So um, I'm still working on a name for my educational side of business, but I'm, I'm starting to do like blog posts about marketing and SEO and social media um, and all the things that go into having a business. And then um, I do mentoring one-on-one as well. And I've recently, um, I've created a SEO crash course. So it's a free course that people can sign up for and I'll send you the link to it. Um, so you can share it, but it's, it's a seven part course and they get every other day, they'll get an email from me and it's seven things you can do right now in your business to boost your SEO and your online presence to start getting you recognized or noticed online. Um, and so, yeah, I just, that's kind of my focus for 2019 is how can I help others get to the spot where they are just loving what they're doing and they're able to do it full time if they yeah. want to. Um, awesome. so yeah, serving others through that is my goal. I love it. That is awesome. In a free SEO course. Heck yeah. yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> That's so awesome. You know, I'm, I'm taking a page from like the Jenna Kutcher. I don't know if you know who she is, but I love her. Of course and I know who Jenna is. Okay. I was like, if you don't, you, yeah, every entrepreneur, but I'm, I'm yeah. taking a page from her book of you have to, you know, you have to give, you have to give to other people and, you know, I, yep. I just, I love it. So yep. Serve, 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 ask yes. exactly. or serve, 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 ask. serve, ask. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> um, exactly. Yeah. I love it. I love it. Well, okay. So where can we find you on the internet and social media? So website is paisleylanephotography.com and lane is with a Y L A Y N E. And then social media, I'm on Facebook and Instagram, both of them just at Paisley Lane Photography. Um, and I, I used to have separate accounts for the education side. I combined everything. So everything's in one awesome. place now. And um, if you go to my website, there's a little tab that says education. You can click on that. 
um, for each of my genres of photography as well. Perfect. Well, Kendra, this has been super fun, super helpful. I definitely know that this is going to be an episode where people are jotting down notes. Um, Oh, good. Good. Also, just as the day is going on, it is becoming harder for me to talk clearly. Good (laughs) Lord. I think as a podcast Uh, host, I would have it together. Whoops. Um, but I really appreciate you. And, um, just being on the show today. It was great. Well, thank you so much. This was so much fun. I loved it. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, we will catch you next week on the Fearless Woman podcast. guys thanks for listening to this episode Kendra thank you so much for being on the show um, I'm super excited to share with you some things in the show notes today so head over back just tap back on your iTunes app or your podcast app and uh, her SEO crash course is available for you in the episode notes and that is seriously going to be a lifesaver for you if that is something that you need to use and need as a resource to build your business. Um, she's such a pro and she does beautiful work. Go check out her website. It's in the show notes. Follow her on Instagram. I love the way she brands her photos instead of just posting her photos, which I think is wonderful. And everybody has a a special craft as a photographer, but the way that she brands things is so unique. And I love the way she is finding her lane and choosing to stand out. Um, yeah, it was fantastic to to talk to her. The fearless conference 2019, July 12 and 13 at the AC hotel by the Galleria in Dallas. Tickets go on sale the week of March 11. You've heard it before. You've heard me talk about this. Grab your girlfriends, grab your business besties. Oh, you don't have a business bestie. What? Okay, let's find you one. Let's find you your business bestie at this conference. One of the pieces of this conference is that you need to network. Everybody does. So you are going to meet other women that are killing it, that are pursuing their dreams and their passions via their business. They are impacting people. And so you are going to get to meet all kinds of new people as we gather together, July 12 and 13, I'm going to keep saying it. We're going to have panels of experts in all different industries. We're going to have breakout sessions on, and those are like mini workshop style sessions, super intense, super concentrated content. And you're going to walk away from this weekend with so many things to take to your business and do and apply and you're going to grow. And the best thing is that after the conference, that's not it. First of all, the conference will happen again the next, the following year, 2020. But we're going to plug you right back into this local community of DFW female entrepreneurs. So stay tuned at the Fearless Con on Instagram, amandacsmith.com slash fearless to sign up for email notifications about tickets. We're so excited and cannot wait. We're going to see you there. Thanks for listening to this episode and join us next week for a topic that some people love to talk about and some people don't therapy. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Stay tuned. See you next week.